Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Hello again, hushlings. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike, and as always, we're joined by our brother from another mother, Slick Frog Sanders. Hey, Slick Frog Sanders here. How you guys doing tonight? Doing swell. I am doing very well, sir. Good to be back for another debriefing. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Last debriefing, if you hushlings tuned in, we got into Hollow Earth. We talked about an advanced civilization that may be dwelling in the innards of our planet, as well as a pilot who claimed to see an advanced city on the inside of the Earth who was promptly quieted. Mr. Uh, Bird, huh? Yes, yes, Pilot Bird. This week, we will be getting into mind uploading, aka the transfer of consciousness. But before we lose ourselves in the digital world, we just want to remind you that we are on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also get all the audio for every episode, including this one, over on our YouTube channel. We would always appreciate some sort of review or rating on your local podcast platform. It helps us to become a better show, and we deeply, deeply appreciate it. All right, boys, what do you say we get into mind uploading? I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to this one. It's a little outside the box for us, Hushlings. We are on the fringes of conspiracy this week and more into the odd and unusual. Mind uploading, also known as whole brain emulation, or WBE, is the hypothetical process of scanning a physical structure of the brain accurately enough to create an emulation of the mental state, to include memories and consciousness when copying it to a computer in a digital form. The computer would then run a simulation of the brain's information processing such that it would respond the same way as the original brain and experience having a sentient conscious mind. Mind uploading is an ongoing area of active research, bringing together ideas from neuroscience, computer science, engineering, and philosophy. So you might be asking yourself, how is this achieved to upload a mind? In theory, it could potentially be accomplished by either of two methods, copy and upload, or copy and delete. By gradual replacement of neurons until the original organic brain no longer exists and a computer program emulating the brain takes control over the body. In the copy and upload method of mind uploading, the brain would be scanned and mapped, and then sorted and copied into a computer system or another computational device. The biological brain may not survive the copying process. Well, that sucks. The simulated mind would then be put into a virtual reality or simulated world. The digital mind could even be put into a robot or some other physical mechanical body. I guess an android, right? Yeah, iRobot shit. That introduces the existence of cyborgs. That's kind of where the whole idea of, it's a weird word, cyborgism comes from. Borg Earth. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. It's very weird. What route do you think we're headed? I really think if the government has anything to do with us, I guess making our lives longer, essentially, never really dying because you're uploading your brain somewhere else. But I'm pretty sure they're going to go with copy and delete, get rid of them. 
I feel like that makes the most sense just from like a common sense standpoint, right? Like say you have a document on your computer and you feel like copying it. Why would you have two copies of exactly the same thing when you've got a clean new one? Unless potentially for a backup, but if you're very confident in your copy, you wouldn't really need a backup. I don't know. I guess guess it depends. Hmm. Yeah. The process creates what's known as a SIM. S-I-M, a substrate-independent mind. It is the term for the concept of a mind that can operate on many different types of functional processing substrates. For example, a biological brain, a special, quote, neuromorphic device, software executed in a digital computer, etc. SIM is the desired result to achieve mind uploading. The objective is to be able to sustain person-specific functions of mind and experience in many different operational substrates. Neuromorphic engineering, also known as neuromorphic computing, is a concept developed by Carver Mead, an American scientist and engineer, in the late 1980s. It describes the use of very large-scale integration systems which contain electronic analog circuits that mimic neurobiological architectures present in the nervous system. To begin to understand how difficult of a task this is, we have to first look at the steps to the process. First, the human brain must be mapped. The brain has 100 billion neurons communicating with 1 million billion connections that send signals up to 1,000 times per second. That's only neurons and not counting the billions of other cells. Dude, getting through that was a tongue twister. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot to take in, especially if you look at the amount of times that this is happening. So it's a thousand times per second throughout your entire life to map out a brain and to get those signals down as pretty much computer data is daunting to try and create a copy of you. Looking at it in words, it seems nearly impossible but (laughs) with how technology is exponentially getting more advanced i don't see it being impossible in the future Mm. i don't know i i feel like that's that's just damn near impossible a thousand times per second for a whole lifetime yeah like we said that's just the neurons that's the connections for the neurons You know, and then there's other cells, there's hormones that play a part in your brain chemistry. There's just so many elements to the brain. It's, (laughs) it's insane. It's not as simple as wiring a computer and every specific component of a computer has a part that functions individually, but as a whole, it's like a spider web that just intertwined network of VPNs and (laughs) (laughs) all these, all these different networks with other networks. It's just a, like Frank said, it's harder to understand it looking at it in words than it is to try to actually understand what might be going on. Yeah, we should probably preface before the rest of this episode that most of this stuff, we obviously have no idea what it means because we are not doctors or scientists and know very little of our own brains <laughs> yeah that that's the thing this is a whole whole subject on the transfer of consciousness but consciousness can't exactly be defined or determined into one part of the brain so i don't know it's it's tough mm, yeah we haven't even yeah. determined i think what consciousness really exactly. is. exactly you know? We know that certain parts of the brain are responsible for certain actions and jobs. 
The neocortex is the most developed part of the brain. It holds memories, thinking, planning, and the capacity for hopes and dreams. The precuneous cortex has the biggest influence on consciousness and what makes you, you. In order to map out these many parts, we need technology with the ability to scan the brain. The only method that can seem to do this in today's world is by dissecting the brain into its different parts and scanning the parts with a high-resolution electron microscope. This would allow us the ability to create a model of the different connections in cells. It sounds a lot better than to be like, hey, let me rip your brain out of your head and cut it into little pieces and blast light through it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like... But don't worry, you'll be fine on the other side. Yeah, you'll be good. You'll wake up in a computer. It'll be okay. Just trust us. Trust the process. It would take an estimated 2 billion pentabytes. What's a pentabyte? I've never heard of that. that. It's got to be a lot. It's got to be a lot, dude. A petabyte is a thousand thousand terabytes. Jesus Oh, okay, a thousand terabytes, yeah. A a petabyte is a thousand terabytes, and a terabyte is a thousand gigabytes, yeah. So you would need... A computer essentially the size of the computers that they had in like the 60s of, of today's technology just to compute that. You'd have to be like a Bitcoin miner, you sly dogs and your GPUs. <laughs> you guys are having a great week. <laughs> well, now that we haven't established how much 2 billion pentabytes is, just think about how much it is. It's a lot, a lot of storage. It would take 2 billion pentabytes of storage to hold the information pertaining to the human brain. That's insane. It's amazing that we all just don't use that type of storage for good things. That also doesn't include mapping the individual molecules and proteins that are responsible for the actions of the brain cells. This would take more storage than all the hard drives and storage devices on Earth, all for one human brain. What if Elon Musk does that next? He has always talked about furthering the human, and this is the most logical next step for us to really... (laughs) to really rocket us into the future. (laughs) (laughs) oh that was oh like that was that was a blast oh Uh, god but will we have safe (laughs) (laughs) re-entry it's funny i thought it was failure to launch i can't take it it's too good all right (laughs) all of this ignores the probability of not being able to provide enough computing power to perform all these actions and tasks Computational technology has grown leaps and bounds, obviously. But still, technology for brain mapping is still decades away. Well, guys, not in our lifetime. We are not living in The Sims. It's... No. No. I was reading something pertaining to how they would map out brains. And there was a study that was done where they took a mouse brain the size of a grain of rice... And they dissected it into 25,000 slices. So how how they were able to do that, I'm not sure. But they were able to take the grain of rice size of a mouse brain, cut it into 25,000 slices, and then they put these microscopes onto each slice to map out the activity of the brain. And it said something like there was like 1.4 kilometers worth of neural pathways and all this crazy stuff. and, And it took something like three months straight of computing just to get one slice of that brain mapped out do you know how envious anybody that's listening to this that like owns a deli 
is going to be about like a mandolin slicer right now. <laughs> They're like, can you imagine a grain of rice, 25,000 slices of salami? <laughs> imagine. I wonder how they went about that. That's so wild that. to me. That's I insane. was reading it. And that was the that was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, how the hell do you even slice something twenty five thousand times when it's the size of a grain of rice? Can we get a, a shout out for all of the lab rats and lab mice that go through this to help humanity? Just for a second, yeah, like, yeah quick shout for out. real, for real. My girlfriend's gonna come home and see me at the kitchen table with like a razor blade trying to cut a piece <laughs> of rice. <laughs> so he'll be careful. <laughs> <laughs> like so should i cook it al dente that's probably the best way to cut it because you know what it was it was italians you ever seen italians mm. cut a cut garlic with a, a razor blade yep oh yeah yeah you that's can see through did. it you can't you don't even know that there's garlic there they had an old italian nona sitting <laughs> at the table all right grams just uh start cutting up this mouse brain <laughs> the absolute most qualified person on earth <laughs> she's got a thimble on one one finger <laughs> Just in case if she gets jabs herself. It only took her 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The scariest thought when it comes to mind uploading is the possibility of corruption. Your consciousness file could, over time, become corrupted like any digital file. If this were to happen, it could mean an eternity of perceived pain or infinite loops that would drive you fucking nuts. Your digital self could go insane. Mm. That actually is fucking terrifying. That's kind of like the concept of Lucifer's hell in the show. You just relive the shit that sucks over and over and over. Can you, can you imagine getting stuck? You get stuck in a bad memory from like 20 years ago, and you just relive that over and over and over. That was one of the things that they had mentioned when you're talking about mind uploading, is that when all this information becomes digital, you also have the ability to change things. You have the ability to delete those memories that cause you pain and suffering. You have the ability to maybe make yourself more sociable or make yourself better looking because digitally it's it's what you perceive it to be. Whatever data you're putting into that computer system is absolute. So you could practically be anything that you wanted to be. If we blast off a thousand years into the future, and this is a thing that we could actually do is transfer our mind and, and our consciousness into a computer system, I'm sure fat people would be skinny, ugly people would be pretty, and why would you stay the way that you are when you could make yourself better for all of eternity and make your overall life better or your afterlife I haven't watched this movie yet. I don't even know if it's out yet, but I keep seeing ads for it with Owen Wilson. It's called Bliss. It almost has like a vibe where like they're walking down and in the trailer, they're walking down the street and it's like this really beautiful park and they're wearing really nice clothing. And in reality, he's plugged into something, some type of matrix, I guess, you know, similar mm -hmm. aspect, but he's plugged into something and it's almost like tricking his mind. He's actually in like some wasteland, like post-apocalyptic world. I don't know. It looks pretty interesting, but it almost looks like some type of future that we could have. I think I've seen trailers like that, but it was for antidepressants. Oh, jeez. Well, like on one side of the road, it's I mean, all like crumbly and dark and scary, and the other side, it's all like futuristic <laughs> and bright and happy. No, but Mike, you, you made a great point that you could pretty much alter yourself and your life for the better, but I'd just like to let you guys know that the thought of your consciousness becoming corrupted actually nauseated me. The idea yes, of that... Yeah. I agree. 
literally nauseated me. I am actually nauseous. That is so terrifying to me. That's scary. Here's my question, though. Consciousness aside, because that's a whole uh, that's a whole subject. Just the functions of the brain. Just go basic functions like walking, breathing, being able to see and determining that there's a wall in front of you. If you were able to put that into a robot, then that's one thing. But since consciousness is such a, a whole nother thing. It's a mystery. Yeah. Can you just imagine consciousness? Oh, I got I to gotta pick that part of my brain. Let me go into the 2012 folder. Being a part of the computer system, it would be flawless. If all goes smoothly in the way that it should go, if you upload your mind and your consciousness into a computer system, then you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. The hope of futurists and transhumanism is that when they die, they would close their eyes and they would open their eyes to a completely new world, their form of an afterlife, which is a digital simulation. And they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two. Kind of like at the end of Devs, except they were aware. Yes, that's a thing that jumps into my mind, especially when we got into this episode, is the show Devs. And <laughs> shout out to Devs, if you've never seen that show, please do yourself a favor. But yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things where if you are put into a simulation post-mortem, then you would want it to be flawless and you would want it to be a way that even if for the first year, let's say, of your life in that simulation, you knew that you were in a simulation, you would want eventually for time to go by and you to just not realize that you were in a simulation anymore. That it would just seem normal and it would just be the never-ending life. It would be reassuring if we knew that it was 100% and we can get every ounce of what you're living today mm -hmm. just in, say, a video game setting. You're digital, but you can feel, you can see, and you have all the memories, you have the feelings and emotions, because that's the stuff that really, you know, once, once that's gone, the human being has dissipated, in my opinion. That opens up this whole heavy-ass topic for me, though. It does. Yeah, that's heavy, man. To bring it back to your original point real quick before we move on, you know, of a file corruption. What's even scarier about that is that in that world where your mind has been uploaded, you're not the only one, obviously. Mm. So you're in a hard drive somewhere the size of the fucking Space Needle, and you're pretty much stored away. Nobody's coming to check on you. Nobody's going to see if your file is corrupted. Nobody's going to see, hey, let's go check to see if Slick Frank is having a good time in his simulated world. If that file is corrupted, then you're fucked for, for forever. Eternity. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's hell. Yeah. What if that's the case, like right now? Yeah. We just haven't gotten to the point of error yet. And mm. then it's just the loop back. Or maybe that explains a lot of mental health issues going on in the world today. I mean, simulation theory, that brings it all back to us being files, us being data strips. So if each one of us is a piece of data, there's there's bound to be some corruption out there. And it's kind of an infinite rabbit hole in the sense that <laughs> we the, these simulated beings could inevitably create another simulation and so on and so forth, constantly emulating human minds into data. Given that mind uploading becomes possible, is the digital you actually you? That brings up the topic of consciousness. Is a transfer of your brain map a transfer of your consciousness? 
Or would your digital self just be a copy of your true physical being? Consciousness, at its simplest definition, is sentience or awareness of internal or external existence. Your digital copy could have its own consciousness, but again, that would be a simulated version of you. What consciousness is has been debated since the dawn of humanity, and we may never truly know where it is held, and even if it's transferable. Futurists and those in the transhumanist movement believe mind uploading is an important proposed life extension technology. Like I've been saying, create human life and never end it. Play in The Sims 16. Some believe that mind uploading is a better alternative to cryogenics as a means of preserving humanity as a species. Another goal of mind uploading is to provide a permanent backup to our quote mind file for interstellar space travel and the means for human culture to survive a global disaster by making a functional copy of human society in a computing device. See, I was going to go there earlier, but that is the really the biggest reason why we should be investing in trying to figure this out is what if we take every person on the planet today aside the shit bags <laughs> and we 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 mind upload everybody we pop them into an orbiter and we shoot them off to mars and then we have the technology to actually have physical beings or we all just live on a tiny pod like the rover can you imagine that's what it really is we're all actually just living on curiosity in some tiny little module Yep. And a single we're just chip. Along. It would make sense. Our file's definitely fucking corrupted at this point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Way off the rails. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that makes the most sense in investing into this sort of technology just for the preservation of humanity as opposed to just living forever. You could also use it in a way of, let's say that you had a great mind like Einstein, mm -hmm. where you upload his mind into a device and he continues to do his work as his copy or as his transfer within the computer continues to do scientific work and comes up with scientific breakthroughs and furthers humankind from inside of a computer that's a kind of wild thought you could take the smartest greatest minds in all of the world and those could be the minds that you upload and put them into a massive computer a HAL system an ai and they would continue to do work that maybe you couldn't even get done within a single lifetime so it could take multiple lifetimes but you have these minds continuing with their work and continuing to provide value to humanity but what about the guy that bags groceries? <laughs> yeah. Make a robot do it. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to be happening soon enough. I mean. Just put his mind inside of a robot that bags groceries. Yeah. Oh. Poor bastard. Stuck, bro. <laughs> Bagging groceries for eternity. Some theorists believe that the ability to mind upload or some sort of transfer of consciousness already exists. This might explain the overwhelming continued wealth and transfer of powers within the most powerful families in the world. In theory, if the information and processes of the mind can be disassociated with the biological body, they are no longer tied to the individual limits and lifespan of that body. Therefore, it may be possible that heads of families such as the Rockefellers, Rothschilds and Mars families are continuations of ancestral minds in new clone bodies or sleeves. Damn it, Simpsons, they did it again. <laughs> they stay on it. Uh, they stay on it. Yeah. They already know. 
Currently, there were many research projects up and running to make all of this a reality. One such project is the Blue Brain Project. The Blue Brain Project is a Swiss brain research group that aims to create a digital reconstruction of rodent and eventually human brains by reverse engineering mammalian brain circuitry. The project was founded in May 2005 by the Brain and Mind Institute of EPFL in Switzerland. Its mission is to use biologically detailed digital reconstructions and simulations of the mammalian brain to identify the fundamental principles of brain structure and function. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The project is headed by Henry Markram, who also launched the European Human Brain Project and is co-directed by Felix Sherman and Sean Hill using a blue gene supercomputer running Neuron software. The simulation involves a biologically realistic model of neurons and reconstructed model connectome. It is hoped that it will eventually shed light on the nature of consciousness. None of that connects my neurons to thinking about consciousness because I <laughs> am a simple, simple-minded person. We all are. Hence the disclosure at the beginning of this episode that we are not men of science. We are simple folk. <laughs> I have my pitchfork and my land. And that's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> this is also interesting. There's also a company called Nectome. It's a company that promises to preserve brains in microscopic detail using a high-tech embalming process. Its chemical solution can keep a body intact for hundreds of years or possibly thousands as a statue of frozen glass, according to Nectome's co-founder, Robert McIntyre. The idea is that someday in the future, scientists will scan your stored brain and turn it into a computer simulation. When you said the statue of frozen glass, all I could think of was the kryptonite that Han Solo was stuck in in, in Star Wars. The carbonite? The carbonite. carbonite. I said kryptonite. My bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind was carbonite. was like it leaves everything intact, but you're frozen solid. Yep. It's super weird because he kind of went in a, well, this company went in a very different direction than other companies and just said, hey, we don't have the technology, so we're just going to hold your body until we do. And much like cryogenic companies or even companies that will eventually do the mind uploading, who is in charge of keeping these things running for hundreds of years or thousands of years? The longevity of companies, even the longest running companies have only been around for what 150 200 years now you're talking about a company out of nowhere that is essentially telling their customers they're going to be around for hundreds if not thousands of years to hold their bodies <laughs> i'm on their website right now i'm trying to figure out how much this costs i'm very interested but i don't know if they're actually in the process of doing it yet there's a lot of information on here i'd love to get a quote I wonder about the chemical composition of what the embalming fluid is, if that's what they're using. So Schmucker's grape jam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wilson, lower him down into the vat of jelly. <laughs> Did you say marmalade or did you say jelly or jam? If you want hundreds of years, you go grape jelly. If you want thousands, you go with orange marmalade. Maybe they could just keep the bodies in honey. Honey, Unrefined honey never goes bad. Yeah, that would be sweet. Honey never. <laughs> That'd be the bee's knees. <laughs> We're a little punny Jesus. tonight. 
Little punny. Uh, yeah. Little punny. Ray Kurzweil, an inventor, futurist, and now director of engineering at Google, predicts that by 2045, technology will have surpassed human brain power to create a kind of super intelligence, an event known as the singularity. Of course he knows. He works at Google. He knows it's coming. Yeah, he, he already got the memo. They already got the whole debriefing. This isn't a prediction. This is fact. Advancements in genetics, nanotechnology, and robotics in the first half of the 21st century are expected to lay the foundation for the singularity. According to the singularity theory, superintelligence will be developed by self-directed computers and will increase exponentially rather than incrementally. Uh, Skynet. <coughs> The singularity could be the answer to the puzzle of mind uploading. Ray Kurzweil, he's a futurist, and he really believes that humanity, by the year 2045, will be uploading minds. Now, if you're talking about 2045, we're in 2021. Not too far off. 24 years? Could we possibly see that in our lifetimes? Absolutely. Maybe in our lifetimes, but in 20 years? You really think so? Think about... We've talked about it before. Think about the advancements in technology and science in computer systems that we've seen in the past 20 years. Just think about 25 years ago, the internet in 1996. Think about the fact that you have a fucking supercomputer in your pocket. Dude, mm -hmm. I just can't help but feel like there's bigger fish to fry. Not really. What bigger fish could there be? Like, how do we stop the bread in my cupboard from molding? Y you know, that's, well, that's next. Yeah. <laughs> that's after that. Preservatives. I don't but know. If you look at it, okay, let's take a look at the most pressing matters that are pushing humanity right now. Climate change. Okay, whether whether yeah. it's man-made or not, whatever. That's a, an argument for another day. But climate change. We are killing the fucking planet. And without a doubt, if we kill the planet, we kill ourselves. Yes. We're almost to a point right now where we're at the point of no return, where we'll tip the scale on the negative side and there's no coming back from it. Well, we don't want to tip the planet on any side because if it's flat, we're going off the edge, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I can't anymore. I, I, I just can't. If we start going in that direction, which we already are, then what is the next logical choice? To find a new planet. Yes. We're just taking climate change. We're just taking the immediate threat to the planet Earth and to humanity. We would need to find a new home. You could say, all right, well, we could go to the moon and we could terraform the moon. Well, you can't do that because that would take many, many years and humanity will probably be wiped out by then. You could say that we could go to Mars. Mars is the next logical step. We could terraform Mars. A lot of people believe we've already been there and already done that and we've, yeah, whatever. But let's say that we had to go beyond our own solar system. What do we do? Do we build a ship and just have multiple generations of people live and die on that ship, traveling for thousands of years to get to the next planet to be livable? Obviously, no. Or do we take the greatest minds that built that ship, that figured out what planet we're going to go to, figured out the technology that we're going to need and how to do it and whatnot, put them into a computer chip, put them on the ship and blast off. And then you add doctors and these people and mechanics and this and that. Everybody, every smart person from every single discipline and trade or, or whatnot on planet Earth. It's more romantic to think that we can live generations on some spaceship going to a far away star system. But 
the reality of it is it doesn't matter how many generations you go. You put somebody on something the size of a submarine for a thousand years and they're all going to go nuts. It'd probably make for an awesome sitcom and it'd really never end. You'd have... There you go. Write it. Mad yeah. characters. Why, why would it end? <laughs> My great grandchildren will watch new episodes of it. That's prime directive right there. That's number one on the list is the continuity of humanity, continuity of the human race. Little known fact to maybe most of the people out there is that twice a year, the planet that we live on goes through an asteroid junk belt. Twice a year, we are prime targets to be smacked up by a massive asteroid. Twice a year, every year, your entire life. What happens one of these June or Novembers that roll around and an asteroid the size of fucking Texas hits us? You're talking about like the toroid meteor shower, right? Like one of those that we go through? Yeah, it's a junk belt. It's supposedly, it's a planet that blew up a long time ago and then traveled and, or, you know, some weird, or a moon or something. Or but, it's us and we're actually in the simulation We're now. already dead. <laughs> but we have to have an alternate course of action. We have to have an escape plan. This seems viable, not as a technology as of yet, but as an idea, as a theory, this seems the most viable. Can I come at you from an opposing standpoint that yes, might do. be a little bit depressing? No, please do. We're already dead. I know. What if it's not viable? Like, in my head, maybe that isn't viable. And there's a couple reasons for it. The universe was absolutely fine and dandy before humans came around, and I'm sure it will be after we're gone after. if if we are gone that's my first point now second mm -hmm. off the way i think about it is it might be a little bit selfish of humanity to say okay well we fucked up our planet we have to go somewhere else now and you know upload our minds and just shoot off into space because what comes to mind for me is when you introduce new species or a new organism into a new environment it could completely screw up what was already there like invasive species do all over our planet i don't know i i just feel like there's definitely cons to doing such a thing not to mention it might not be good for humanity maybe if we were to shoot off like we said copies of the greatest minds and we didn't shoot them into just say one direction if we went into many different directions had different you know routes mm -hmm. of where we were planning on going in case one went bad, I could see that being okay. There, there's many different options and outcomes, but I definitely wouldn't put it all in the bet of one straight shot to one place. That might not be good. It would make more sense. It's like farming or seeding. Not every seed is going to bloom. If you have one ship going, let's just say somewhere close like Mars, and it doesn't get there, something goes haywire because, you know, NASA has no funding. It is, I guess, more financially feasible instead of bringing a thousand people on a large craft, putting them on something the size of a, an orbiter or a telescope or just a small pod and shooting them off into 40 different directions. I'm sure it's way cheaper to do that. And at least no one dies in the process, I guess, unless 
they died during the uploading process or the replication process. That's the thing about it. No matter the way that you do it, whether it's a, a replication of the things in your brain, it still requires you to be dead. Because in order for your brain to be mapped, it has to be outside of your head and it needs to be dissected and broken down and each individual part needs to be looked at. Hashtag where is JFK's brain? <laughs> Hushlings. We'll return after this short message. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. I'm Shaughnessy. And I'm Justin. And we are your hosts on Don't Look Under the Bed. The newest addition to your Wednesday routine. Over on Don't Look Under the Bed, we cover everything creepy, crawly, and unknown. From true crime to paranormal. To urban legends and weird stuff that nobody can really fit into a proper category. Listen to us every Wednesday on your streaming platform of choice. And find us at don'tlookunderthepod.com to access all of our social media to keep up with us. See you soon, you luckers. Bye! Bye. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Last week, I watched a seminar of somebody talking about this, and he had said that we already know how to replicate certain things mechanically, obviously, when it comes to small pieces of the human body. And he said that theoretically replacing the normal neurotransmitters in your brain with something mechanical, not sure how they would do that, but the way that he was theorizing it was you'd still be alive and it would be a process that they would do over the course of 10 or 20 years. And after 10 or 20 years, if you were able to replace all these neurotransmitters with something, then half your brain would essentially be mechanical. Mm -hmm. In a sense, the way that I'm looking at it, we're all still here physically. It's ensuring the future of the human race. So that's why I said shooting off 30, 40 pods in every direction and hoping for the best, really, because we might not survive them getting to their destination. The entire process and technology of actually turning those computers on and reanimating the minds that are in there has to be flawless before we can do that. And at the rate we're going, I don't, I don't think that's happening by 2045, man. Michio Kaku, in collaboration with Science Channel, hosted a documentary, Sci-Fi Science, Physics of the Impossible. In an episode four titled, How to Teleport, he mentions that mind uploading via techniques such as quantum entanglement, oh, we use the word quantum, and the whole brain emulation using an advanced MRI machine may enable people to be transported vast distances at near light speed. Dude, imagine getting put in an MRI machine, just blast it <laughs> off. <laughs> but your body stays there and you're just like, yeet. It's even better that you're not expecting it. You're just going in for a regular brain scan, like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Dave. You're just going to go into the tube. You might hear a little humming. It'll be done in a couple minutes. I'll talk to you through it. As soon as you get in there, you're just like, Alpha yeah, Centauri. Just, <laughs> yeah, just relax. Yeah, like you said, and then <laughs> just gone, man. <laughs> that would be fun. Sign me up. Hmm. 
I was actually watching a clip where he was talking about that exactly and he was talking about how on the other side of that teleportation there would be some sort of hypothetical device that would upload you into an avatar wherever you would be i thought that was super cool that's where you can get into all talking about like man that's what we kind of have mentioned what we think gray aliens might be and they're just uploading a consciousness into that engine pretty wild shit man absolutely i think that the scariest part about it though like you said, one, the corruption. And then when you're talking about teleportation, all I can think about is that scene in Galaxy Quest when they teleport. <laughs> what is it? The monster? And, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. It's like the end of the fly. Kill me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. The Book Beyond Humanity, Cyber Evolution, and Future Minds by Gregory S. Paul and Earl D. Cox is about the eventual evolution of computers into sentient beings, but also human mind transfer. With all of this information and work to be done in the scientific field, it also raises the topics of morality, philosophical conundrums, and the furthering of clone technology. Clones could also be a viable choice to move our minds into an actual physical body. Not necessarily by uploading the consciousness, but by physically transferring brain matter. The exploration of clone technology is nothing new. It's been a topic of discussion regarding organ replacement for the wealthy and also a use for replacements of influential figures. This would allow members of the deep state to govern and sway the opinion and influence of said famous person. But that's for another show. In pop culture, many books, TV shows, and movies have explored the ideas behind mind transference. The movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp, Devs as we talked about, The Lawnmower Man, Altered Carbon, great Netflix show, season one only, Free Jack, and countless others have explored the topic. Transcendence was definitely the one that, that really stands out. Yeah. Very much so. He uploaded himself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. into a computer. As me and Frank talked about, that was also the idea behind Devs. And Altered Carbon, if, if you've never seen it, this is another great I show. Have. That's about pretty much immortality. The ability to store what is you on a computer chip and transfer it from sleeve, as they call it, sleeve to sleeve, an empty vessel, and you just become a new person. That's one of those ones I almost watch like 12 times and I just keep not watching it. Just watch season one. Yeah, I've seen season one when it first came out a while back, and I watched season two. Nothing against Anthony Mackie, but season one was better. <laughs> season two definitely didn't have the bang that season one had, I'll tell you that. I have a question. We make cars. It's a similar idea of how we literally replicate a car or even a, a computer, you know, when you have a motherboard and RAM and this and that. I mean, it's all different components that make up one machine. And if you go with the human being or any animal, if you go with your stomach, your lungs, your heart, all these other things, these are just biological functions that are just like the mechanical functioning things that we make in a car, like the engine or the exhaust, the alternator, the battery. But nothing is really the brain other than the computer systems that are in the cars. Mm -hmm. If consciousness and all of you being you, every aspect is stored in the brain, why can't we create a fully functioning body that doesn't die and put our brains in it? The problem is our brains die mm -hmm. with the body. That's the question I have. If we're able to outlive that, I guess this is the only option because we don't have the technology to keep us alive. My thought on that is, so the brain dies because the body dies. With the exception of brain trauma or some sort of other trauma, being brain dead, that's a function of the body dying. 
Yeah. Again, not a scientist, not a doctor. Is it possible that given a body, like you said, that will never die, is it possible for the brain to continue to live as long as it's fed the nutrition that it needs? Whatever a brain requires to function, you know, the hormones and whatnot. So if it's given everything that it needs to continue to function, how long would a brain continue to go? That is an interesting thing to me, which is why when you get into transhumanism and the ability for a human to become more robotic, the brain is just the one thing that can just not be replaced. It can't become more robotic because that is you. That's the deep part of this whole thing is figuring out what makes you, you. It's It brings in the question we have to figure out what consciousness is. Is it the soul? I guess the simple version of how some people would call it. Mm -hmm. But what is it? You know, I think that's the question we need to find first before we start just throwing people's brainwaves into another body. Because you could have somebody that's super smart like Einstein, but would it be the same as Einstein if he didn't have him? Yeah. That's the thing. If you lost Einstein's consciousness, if that's gone, him actually thinking out these problems and not just being the computing power that the human brain has, then that's lost already. You don't have that. Yeah. So I feel like how much does that put into play when you're actually making someone who they are? Because you can you could take Zuckerberg, take his brain out, cut it up into little pieces and do it. And then all of a sudden you just have the computing power of that guy, some smart guy, but you don't have the actual intent. I mean, he's already a robot. Are they doing that with reptile brains? Can they do that? <laughs> the Zuctilians. So I, I'd like to make a point, right? Hypothetically, if we were able to transfer the human consciousness into data, code, ones and zeros, anything along those lines is hackable, as we know in today's day and age. That's terrifying. You could literally hack somebody's being in that sense. I mean, even with incredibly advanced cyberware, cybersecurity, however they would work it. Like Mike said earlier, what if they were, were to just have centers, buildings, uh, just filled with consciousness? Hypothetically, people could hack that, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Imagine how scary that would be, too. That's what I'm saying. Have... That's even scarier than the corruption to me. You have the other side of it, too. It's a little bit different of a subject. It still involves the brain, but people with split brains who've gone through an injury and they have to sever down the center. And, and I think Frank and I were talking about it earlier before we were, we were on here was that I believe the right side of the brain controls, you know, motor functions. You can see with it, but the left side of the brain controls speech. So there's some accounts of people that have had like a traumatic brain injury come out of it and they're split brain, but they can still see, they talk, they're themselves because that part of the brain is still, I guess if both parts are functioning, but some of them, I guess, have found where they'll pick something up with their right hand, but the left hand knocks it out because it's the other side of the brain disagreeing. And then the other side of the brain that has speech will make make a reason for it because of what's logical. It's interesting that you bring that up, actually. It's just it makes me it makes me wonder, like, if you're able to hack just the motor function portion of the right side of somebody's brain, I, I guess I'm, I could be wrong. I thought I, I always assume that some people are more I mean. I guess the brain is the same essentially, mm -hmm. but I guess some people are more left brain oriented or more right brain oriented. Yeah. And I guess imagine hacking the side 
that doesn't involve speech so it's involuntary motion yeah but you're still there like that's that's like you're saying that's fucking terrible. Like you got cyber hackers making you like rob banks and transfer them money and stuff and then bam it's on you like <laughs> and you know all ba- all the bad things are happening right there but you can't do anything because your legs <laughs> are being taken over but yeah the other aspect of somebody taking over your speech two points that you brought up here i was watching a ted talk pertaining to consciousness and the brain and you said even though you're split brain you can still talk you can still walk all this other stuff and it's the right brain's best guess your consciousness and the way that you think and your thought process and the things that you see and interpret are just exactly that it's your brain making its best guess he played some sort of garbled piece of audio and i watched this today did you? Yeah. So he yes. he yes. plays the, the piece of garbled audio and then he says, okay, what what did that say? And nobody knew. And then he said, okay, what if I told you that it said this? And then he plays it again. And of course you hear what he said mm-hmm. in that garbled mess. Oh, now you can make out the words that aren't really there, but your brain is interpreting it as being there. Mm-hmm. The way that you perceive things in this world is just your brain's best guess. It's taking what input it has and turning it into something that it recognizes. Consciousness is kind of along the same lines, supposedly, where you see yourself and you know that you are a person. You know that you are a human being. Consciousness, for all we know, could be just honestly a crock of shit because consciousness as we said is kind of an awareness of yourself well yeah you're a living being so you're obviously aware of yourself you hear that everybody mystery mike just said you're nothing no i'm just kidding but but realistically that's really what you are you could get into the philosophical of it you could get into the morality of it but consciousness we equate that to a soul they're synonymous with each other are we hoping that we are more than just a basic animal because we have this awareness of ourselves or are we denying the fact that we are just a basic animal that just so happens to have a brain that can see itself in the mirror and go oh yeah that's a human that's me here i am i think it's uh very possible for it to be both ways yeah no i agree it is possible But then again, think of the term loss of consciousness. Yeah. What is loss of consciousness? It's your brain shutting down for a period of time. The reason that they're saying that it's a a loss of consciousness is because you're essentially blacked out and you can't perceive yourself. It's not, oh, well, I lost consciousness and I was gone. You're still there. Your physical body is there. Your brain has just shut down. That's the interesting, I was going to bring that up too, is people who lose consciousness, you know, whether whether you get knocked out or you're under anesthesia, when you're under anesthesia, you're out. That part of your brain is still operating. If it's a, a surgery where they just need to use anesthesia and they put you out and put you on an IV and that's it, but you don't, you have no recollection of it. You don't really have recollection of all the time you're sleeping either, but I feel like there's a controllable consciousness and an uncontrollable consciousness. We've figured out the miracle of anesthesia. I see what Mike's saying, and I, I see what you're saying, but anesthesia in particular, it's not like they figured out anesthesia and they were like, okay, well, this is directed at their consciousness. Like, obviously, it, it triggers sleep. points in the brain to, yeah, it, it, it puts you to sleep. It puts the points in your brain that make you consciously awake. 
So that there is something there, I guess, with consciousness because you're still living, breathing, but the part of you that remembers, the part of you that knows, the part of you that's doing that, even the part of you that would, I guess, be dreaming. It's the same thing, I guess, if you're in a coma as well. Are they consciously aware that they're sleeping for that long? It's the same question. Are you consciously aware that you're sleeping other than, I guess, dreams, and then you wake up and you're like, ugh. There's always those stories of people that say that they were in comas and they were able to hear everything for the entire time. Yeah, and then there's also people that just feel like they slept for 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. Instead of 20 years. All in all, when it comes to this topic, that would be the scariest thing for me is, okay, I'm agreeing to let my physical body go, have you upload it, and then when I get to where my destination is, I'm going to be me. I might not be in the same physical engine, but I know what's going on. I have the same pizza, still going to taste like pizza. That's the scariest thing when you get there and then it's just like a heinous loop of shit events, you know, or you, or nothing happens. You're just dead. There was my other point to uh, what you were talking about is there's also, and let's say that this becomes a reality, much like with anything else, there is going to be opposition to it, whether it's religious sex or whatever, you know, the people that believe, hey, you're human, you should live, you should die, and that's the way it should be. But you're going to get extremist groups out of that, and you're going to get people that will solely for the sake of doing it, hack into those banks of, of consciousnesses those banks of people pretty much and just wipe them out oh yeah erase them corrupt them destroy them whatever the case may be in trying to further extending your life or extending who you are or digitally upload yourself into a simulation we're creating an entire hate group <laughs> pretty much or biological terrorist by no means would I consider myself a biological terrorist, nor am I a no, religious extremist. No, I know, but I fall into that category that you're explaining. By no means would I be in favor of this. There's one circumstance, one scenario where I would be, and that's if you were put into a new body and you had no recollection of your prior existence. So reincarnation. Yes. Well, in a in a sense, but in in the digital technological mind uploading scenario, yeah, pretty much being forcefully reincarnated by human intent. Only because what it boils down to is I procrastinate. I am a huge procrastinator and I I think that's what it boils down to. If I knew that I was ones and zeros, like you you, you are going to live forever. Now you are not going to die. You are uploaded into a new body that will not crap out on you in 75 years, you would have absolutely no reason to get anything done ever, unless it was for, <laughs> you know, your own pleasure. You'd have no reason to go to work. Money value would be of no use because you wouldn't need a house. You wouldn't need food. You wouldn't need a car. You have nowhere to go. You have nothing to do. I feel like there would be no point. If you knew that, what's the point? I feel like there's lots of cons to this i guess the only pros is obviously you know the continuity of human race and mm -hmm. your your life yo i would literally just binge everything on every streaming service for like <laughs> six years straight uh hey some people live that way now so yeah i and i don't know how i don't know i don't know this mind uploading actually probably brings us to open up a door to probably some other type of episode that we can do another talk on because we can probably go on for another hour about our thoughts on this. 
there's also so much information when it came to this topic that was left out <laughs> because if oh uh, we could yeah, go for if so you long, just kept dude, going yeah. and loading it you know putting all that information in we'd be here for multiple episodes talking about it just the science alone is baffling and very daunting when you look at it as a whole a lot more of it is incredibly difficult to understand brain shattering stuff yeah it really hurts my brain thinking about this stuff man final uh thoughts dave do you want to be uploaded into the matrix yes and no i guess if we were in 2045 and things were a little bit different and you know i was older and we had the technology maybe not right after you die but when we turn you on you'll wake just suddenly wake up and uh i'd say yeah but in reality with all the the flaws and holes and things that can happen, like the file being corrupted or just being hacked. Just imagine if they had this technology in the 30s. <laughs> imagine what would have happened. I mean, that was just brainwashing through word of mouth and propaganda. Imagine if you were able to actually control. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's pretty horrific to me. That was another thing that we never got into is is how you could be controlled. You're yeah. a computer system at that point. You're you're a file. You're a piece of data, and data is is manageable. Easily, easily altered and manageable. So that's my stance on it. I think it's I think it would be a great achievement for humanity, especially for us to get off this rock. I don't think that it's feasible for us to go to Mars because it's a dead rock. Terraforming obviously takes that many years, but if we had the technology where we knew it was going to happen and we can continue our species well after we die and you and myself and Frank can wake up and do the hush hush society on mars in 3100 then fuck it i'm in but other than that <laughs> i'm gonna say no mm. Frank, final thoughts like dave said what a technological feat of humanity that it would be that's a great achievement and i see the benefits i i see I see the benefits, but I'm a YOLO type of guy and I enjoy it that way and I'd like for it to remain that way and I'd rather not be simulated or emulated or uploaded willingly and I say willingly. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I am going to disagree with both of you. Put my mind into the fucking simulation. Reason being... Frank talks about how you would live in a simulated world and you would have no need to do anything. Well, here's the thing about it. Your mind is put into a simulated world, but it's also put into a simulated world that you possibly have the ability to control. You have the ability to make it your way and do what you want and make yourself any way that you want to be. Why would I put myself into a simulation to live the life that I'm currently living? Why wouldn't I put myself into a simulation that would make it so that I could go fishing every day on a yacht and I could go to this country and that country and this planet and that star? My only reservation when it comes to this whole thing is not even the fear of a, of a file corruption. It's not even the, the fear of hackers or, or any kind of terrorism against people's consciousness what it really boils down to is it's impossible even if we could map out the brain even if we could figure out everything about a person 
you are only making a copy. That being inside of the simulation will never be me. They'll never be able to transfer the consciousness of who I am into a computer. It'll always be a copy. The ability to take what I am and put it into a simulation just isn't there. I could go th through the steps, I could go through the ringer and dissect my brain into thousands of pieces and have them map it out and upload every synapse and signal that goes through it, but at the end of the day, I'm not really there. I'm dead. My brain is cut up. That's what it always boils down to. When we talked about the two different methods of mind uploading, keep in mind, both of those methods both had the word copy in them. That's my take on it. That would be my only reservation. If they could truly figure out how to put you into a simulation, yeah, sign me up. I'll be on a fucking yacht in the Mediterranean, chilling. <laughs> I like where you're thinking. Mad respect. Is that your perfect world, fishing every day in the Mediterranean? Or was that just an example? That's an example. I'd love to go to Japan, but, you know, that's probably my first stop. I could see Mike on a 100-footer with his feet up. Hell you know, yeah! A glass of rosé right what? off the coast of, like, uh, Greece. Dave, you know I only drink reds. What about pinks? <laughs> Too sweet. All right, Hushlings, I think that will do it for this episode of the Hush Hush Society. What are your thoughts? Let us know. What do you think of mind uploading? Are you for the entering of the simulation? Do you want us to put you into a computer chip and load you into Sims 4, light your house on fire, and have you speak some random language? Put you in a one-by-one one box. <laughs> yep. Do you want us to build you a pool and then take the ladder out so you don't know how to get out? Oh, my God. <laughs> We want to pick your brain. <laughs> Send us an email. Anything that you've heard of regarding the research on mind uploading. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you disagree with us. Please reach out to us. We appreciate all of you. You can email us at hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. Also, make sure to reach out to us on all social medias. You can reach us on Facebook instagram and twitter head over to our youtube and make sure to subscribe over there so you never miss an episode and hushlings the time approaches the time approaches hush merch is coming it's on the horizon i uh yes. i'll even make a bold claim maybe not so bold but uh tune into our live show on march 29th 6 p.m eastern and we will be talking some interesting uh, topics. What are we talking about? We are talking about the Denver airport. We have not figured out the secret society yet. That will remain a secret until probably up towards the date. Oh, yeah. Give us a f all-female secret society if you know of any. We're really shooting for that. Yeah, we're still waiting. Still waiting. Or make your own and let us know. Yeah, make up one. Start one. <laughs> Start one. Know. And don't tell yeah. us about it. Don't tell us. Let us figure it out. And to keep an eye out for that dapper drip, check us out on our separate Instagram at Hush Hush Apparel. And as Mike said too, the YouTube, keep an eye out for our exclusive Declassified Discussions episodes. There's definitely more coming. And also keep your ears open for a new Cryptid Chronicles in the future. Mm, Very soon. Coming soon. Tune in two weeks from now for Debriefing 18. Wow, Jeez. guys. We're about to be semi-legal. <laughs> Barely legal. It's amazing. Oh my yeah, God. barely legal. <laughs> Why are you this way? <laughs> Accept me for who I am.
Tune in for Debriefing 18 March 1st, where the three of your preceptors decide to board the RMS Titanic and take a crash course onto all the conspiracies about that maiden sad. Why did Jack let go? The entire episode is going to be why did Jack Dawson let go of the door when there was clearly enough room for the both of them. Women and children first. Women and children first. Hushlings, thank you for joining us and letting us get into your mind and plugging in. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mr. Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Put me into the simulation. <laughs> Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight. <laughs>